Hi, this is Mish Hancock, and you are listening to the Mishmash Podcast, where I get to talk to the weird, wacky, wonderful people of this world, people I adore and want to know more about. Today, my guest is Matt DeRyan. He is the founder and CEO of Worry-Free Marketing, which helps companies transform their digital marketing into an extension of their sales force so they can profitably get leads from the internet. Hello, Matt DeRyan. Hello, Mish. How are you? We are also good buddies. Yes, that's true. So we should just tell everybody. Yeah, we're we're good friends. We're good friends. We're good business partners. Yeah, yeah. You did my website. We we we. You do lots of websites for my clients. Mm -hmm. I work with social media with some of your people. It's good. Yeah, you you do a piece of this digital puzzle that I can't stand doing personally. It's so necessary, and yet. Um, doing it or, or actually executing it is not something that I would call a core competency nor something I enjoy. And if Which I enjoyed so it, funny. I could turn it into a core competency or if it was a core competency, I could figure out how to enjoy it, but I don't have either one of those. And then we handle this other piece of it that deals with this like detail-oriented significances of blah, blah and website development and blah <laughs> that, that probably isn't, it's probably the same description for that you. I don't want to do. Why you don't do what we do. But yeah. what's funny is how many people do not like, I think that's one of the reasons why we're so successful. So many people hate doing what we do. Right. It's like this necessary thing. Yeah. But we really love it. I mean, we find great joy yeah. and we love learning about the clients and posting about them and finding cool things for them to talk about and so many people don't like doing it. Right. Yeah. I don't I know why. So that's how it works in business, right? Do what you love and well, then find other people to do stuff that you don't love. You, like I love pushing through um, technology challenges on figuring out how to use technology to further business. And when you're attempting to do something for clients on a platform where you don't have control over how the technology was developed, to take, for example, like business manager and in, in Facebook ads, which to, oh, to get your account pulled in and to do it my all. Brain. Just to get it to the point where you actually can actually can turn on some ads and run them is a really steep curve for the average business owner. But we like doing that stuff, um, yet uh, posting several times a day on behalf of the business owner on Facebook in terms of just their Facebook wall, would, like what you all would do and replying to those people and that kind of stuff, we we wouldn't like doing. So it's it really falls into... Um, you know, in, enjoying what you're doing and turning that into a core competency versus trying to make that you and, know, square and having pay, ground hole fun kind of with thing it. Happen. I mean, yeah. you, I, it's you can have so much, but what you do, one of your things that you do so well is websites, and I want to talk That's about true. that a little bit because okay. a lot of people, so website. When you say to someone you need a website, they usually a lot of people are like, oh my gosh, it feels daunting, and it feels like I can't even wrap my brain around it. But you guys make it really easy. I, I would like to think well, so. Well, you do. I mean, you we make try. it very, very easy. And so one of the things I often share with people is the fact that there's one thing to work with a website developer. It's it's really different when you're working with the website developer that's also a project manager. Sure. And I really think that that's one of your, that's the uniqueness of, of and well, and not to mention that Chad's just freaking brilliant. Sure, my business partner. Yeah, he is. He's very smart. And then Claire, who oh, is- I love Claire. Claire's who's the one. You know, I really think Claire, um, I get a lot of credit for her work. And we, and and she knows that. And and what we do is um, we tee her up for success. And we have, you know, design and development and strategy and SEO and content writing. And when you take a look at, at all the different pieces that go into developing a successful website, it's so much more than coding and it's so much more than just design. Right. And so so Claire, for example, is the one who can make things just 
you know, look brilliant and really sing. But prior to that, she's given a really strong foundation of here's what we're trying to accomplish. How do you think it should look? To well, accomplish that, she makes so it she's so teed up e- well. She makes it all look easy. Well, yeah, and then the client looks at it and goes, "Oh my gosh, this is amazing! I love it. Thank you, Matt." And I <laughs> and I and I, I I give her credit right on the spot. But she, you know, building the amount of websites that we do a year and and leading on those projects and her role is even about to expand even further as we put yet another person underneath her oh, on our cool. team. Um, she doesn't necessarily get like the face to face. Credit, so I I always well, I like never to say got to my meet whole team her face to face, but right? I talk to her often. But see, via you were giving email. me, you were saying Matt, you know, you and project management, and I say, you know, um, it started out just me building websites, right? And I've got a pretty, I, I like to think I have a pretty good feedback loop, and when I, you know, of, of uh, getting feedback that enables me to make change to improve, and when I start to sense that my feedback loop is off, I will go to people and ask them, like, here's what I'm thinking, but am I being, is something different about this? You know, so I really work on that a lot. Right. And so it started with just me and then it was Chad and then it was Claire and then now we have Kristen who who uh, writes copy and we have some other, uh, when we have I love her a too. lot of projects. I love all your people. And, so, and now we have Nolan who <laughs> who is incredible at design. Um, he I helped haven't a lot. met Nolan. So, so Nolan, he's actually based out of California, okay. but um, I've known Nolan for a long time. And if you go to MediciMarketplace.com and you take a look at the icon that's all custom iconography that Nolan designed. Really? And he also helped lay the foundation for the design of that site. Oh, and then cool. Claire developed it. So anyway, I'll shut up for a sec. But um, but but yeah, that project management piece, as, as it started, the point to get back to what you were bringing up, it someone could be really creative, but that doesn't mean that they're great at customer service or answering the phone or getting back exactly. to people or managing email. Um and so what, what I've done is taken the different pieces of building a successful website that will actually generate leads and, and also just like psychologically, you could say like make the person feel good about their business, but it can't only be that. It needs to also generate leads for them. Although, yes. you know, one doesn't really work without the other, but really generate those leads and, and or whatever their goal is. If their goal is expanding their business, if their goal is entering a new marketplace, if their goal is bringing in new leads. Um, and we've just broken that down into the sum of its parts. And it, it's like this 140 point checklist. Holy cow. Yeah, we've got a really intense thing when it comes to these websites and it moves through different people. And have you ever heard the old adage like how do you eat an elephant? Yes. Like one bite at a time. One bite at a time, so getting, right. getting design is like one fifth of the process or one fifth of, of those 140 steps designs like one fifth of it to give you an idea. And then all these other pieces that go into it are there and Chad and I together and Chad is, is a, an incredible administrator at helping to develop systems and processes that are really pro customer. Right. Um, right. And so anyway, that's that's well and ideas that's, I think, why because you perceive that we're one of that. the things that that people always want to know is how do I generate leads through my website? Mm-hmm. And and there's a lot more that goes into it than here's your website. When you first get your website, what happens? Lots of leads. Woo! But how do you keep the leads coming in? Talk to that because that is a place that a lot of people they fail that they don't know they're supposed to be doing on their website. Like Continuing sure. to blog, sure. and adding content, and what have you. Well, so you could going higher up than the tactics of like continuing to blog and, and adding content. There are uh, two issues when it comes to making a website successful: traffic and conversions. Right. So just to define that for anyone who listens, just to really be butt simple about it, <laughs> um, traffic. <laughs> But is, simple. That's, that's a thing. That's a word from the 50s. So, All right. Um, traffic is people coming to your website. Conversions would be them doing what you want them to do. So they're, they're signing, signing up for up, something. Right. It could be a newsletter. could be a purchase. could be a consultation form. 
you can't solve a traffic problem by focusing on increasing conversions, which is tweaking your website. Right, right, right. And you can't solve a conversion problem by focusing on traffic. Like more traffic to a website that's not working doesn't do anything. So exactly. you, you do get these, I don't know if I should call them, I, they're not even competitors, so not, but you do get um, people who will uh, uh, cold call companies and say, we'll get you to the top of search engine that will drive people to your website. But that question of, does your website do anything for you now is kind of missing. Because if they're not right. getting leads now, what, what I mean, unless traffic is zero, what's, what's up? What's yes. going on? So um, to that point, after that website is live, one looks at, am I getting conversions? Or am I, you, you mentioned in your scenario you laid out, you said, you know, you're getting leads and you want to sustain it. Okay, so right. you're getting conversions. So then it's simply a matter of more traffic. Right. To, to get more traffic and to continue to please the Google gods, <laughs> but also to really focus on the user, the, the consumer, the people who you can serve and help and share your gifts with and empower them and improve their lives through whatever service you offer. Um, yes, you should be writing content for your website because right. that continues to add value both to Google search engine as they look at your website as a as like a body of knowledge on a topic and it also helps users. Um, and yes, you should have strategies in place that continue to drive traffic. It's why many of our clients after we launch a website for them and they see some success with it, a lot of times they've never gotten leads from the internet. We launch a site, they get leads from the internet. The site pays for itself in under six months, sometimes, right. sometimes in under three months. Um, and then we say, okay, well, let's drive more traffic. So let's say you're selling B2B. Like, let's look at Google and LinkedIn. Let's say you are uh, in, in a consumer-based business, vacation travel or something like this. Let's look at Facebook ads and Instagram. Um, and that's, of course, where we bring a partner like 100th Monkey Media in on the organic side. And then on the paid ad side of saying, okay, let's get really, really targeted. You know, if you're a newborn photographer, Facebook knows when someone has just had a baby. Oh, you know, and so they an know ad, everything they, about they you. They do. So being able to drive people who are most likely to do it. And so right. the, the strategy is focus on driving traffic through a multitude of ways. When you know your website's working, right? just think to yourself, how can I get more traffic to my website? And it's not going to be some free thing. But it also should be an investment. It shouldn't be an expense. It should right. be, well, I spent 500 bucks or I spent 1000 bucks, or I spent $5,000, but I got back 20000 you know, it should it should fit right. into that realm. Um, we have you know we have a we have many clients where I could give case studies. I, I feel a little nervous about talking about their specific you businesses don't, you and don't what we have do for them. To. But we have clients where we do um, uh, we do work for them on the advertising side. We built their website and they spend eighteen months never getting a lead from the website, never getting a lead from Google. Their traffic goes up, they're, whether they're in retail or whatever it is, and now they're getting leads and. Now they say, okay, what, what else can I do, Matt? What else can I do? What else can I do? And I go into these meetings and sometimes I think we're just meeting about the past and they go, oh no, that's all really working well. I want to know what else you can now do what for can me. I do? Yeah. And that's always a really cool problem to have is realizing, oh, I should have come in here with like something else to sell them that we could do for them. <laughs> um, so now I always try to have great, I, anyway, I try to have great ideas now um, and I can have those great ideas. It's just a matter of, of thinking about that meeting beforehand, like what great idea can I have? So I do that now always. You're awesome. And I go to meetings with you and I love going to meetings. But we're gonna we're gonna take a break. Okay. And we will we will be right back with Matt DeRyan. Thanks. (laughs) 
And we are back with Matt DeRyan. So tell just, we know your business. Tell me other things about Matt. Because part of our podcast is all about people. Well, what do you want to know? Well, okay. So one of the things I really love about you is how you are constantly working to improve you. That's true. You were you were talking about feedback loops. Yeah. You're like I so you're you're very aware of what's going on in the world around you and you're thinking I need to do this better. I need to be that better. You're you're always on that quest. You're always in the improvement end of things. Yeah, Don't that's you true. feel like you are? Yeah. Yeah, I think it's a, I, and I have think you anyone who knows me really been well this would way, say or I have made many mistakes in my life. Well, but you make enough. But of mistakes them. are good, right? That's but how I've you learn. But I've made horrendous, terrible mistakes that lasted for years. Oh, I feel you, like we're on a confessional program. Now. We're okay. not going to go that no, deep. I, with I won't. It. I but wouldn't you, dare. <laughs> you go through enough um, turbulence, or or having done enough things where you look back and you're like, "Wow, that that was a really bad not idea." Not going to do that again. And you realize that you can catch yourself much much earlier on. By being self-aware, by looking, by following yes. that feedback loop, and as well having like a, a really strong purpose in wherever you're trying to go. And if you have that, re- that's my word of the year for 2018 is purpose. It is, purpose. Yes, and, and my wife says conquer in case she's watching. If you, um, if you have that really strong purpose of where you're trying to go, you can actually measure everything against that purpose. So for, yep. and, and the purpose of whatever you're trying to do in life right. can be divided up amongst the different parts of your life. So it's not like, well, I'm trying to grow my business, so I'm going to measure hanging out with my kids against that. That'd be very silly. No. Because you should also be trying to help your kids grow up to be like stable, uh, self-determined people who can set and achieve their own goals and accomplish what they want out of life. So being with your kids is would be purpose also, right? Right. And so then you can measure against a yardstick. So I'll give you an example. If you are three beers deep hanging out with your kids, mm. is that as purposeful as one or no drinks hanging out with your kids in terms of being responsive to them, being interested in them, being active with them, especially when they're like mine? We've got three boys, six and under. So you can look at that and you can say, well, maybe I'll save that drink for later or maybe I won't have it so I can be purposeful in what I'm trying to accomplish. And then it becomes a matter of, you know, not... Um, oh, someone's going to judge me because I'm drinking or something like this or because right. I'm doing this. Or right, right, I'm doing, right. And that could apply to drugs. That could apply to anything. It's what am I trying to accomplish in that area that I'm working on of life? And uh, is this going to help me get there or not? And, you know, I'm always trying to help people also. And everything right. I do, I'm trying to find ways to help people. So it's like, does this help me further the purpose of helping others? Does this help me help my family? Does this help me grow? Because that's a huge um, that's part kind of, of it, right? Loop. Helping other people. I mean, it, it's it, it, it's, it a me. lot of people don't understand that by helping others, which we're both part of Medici and we know the whole abundance mindset sure. is, yeah. is, you know, by, by growing the people around you, you eventually are going to grow as well. Yeah. It's just, it's like how it all works. There's also just like, once you've been through some experiences where you've already lived it and you, you, realize, you see someone else and they're having a problem that's really not new, yeah. Or maybe you haven't lived it, but maybe you have some advice or something they could read or something they could look at that would help them. Um, there's nothing wrong with being willing, I think, to invade someone else's privacy just a little bit to help them out. Well, and if you've been there, done that, then isn't that part of your isn't it part of your purpose to really share? Some people really shy away some... from sharing advice, and some people really shy away from getting involved in other people's business. And, and that's that, true. That can be a bad thing to do. I mean, if someone doesn't, if if you're at a point with someone where you don't know them well enough to talk with them about things like that, then what are you doing trying to talk with them about <laughs> things like that, right? <laughs> but if you've got someone who you're like a really a good friend with, and you notice something going on, and you find a way to 
approach or ask them about it, and they're open to talking about that. Um, and it's not from an effort of trying to change that person or mold it, but you're like, wow, I know that person has told me they want to accomplish this. Right. I'm noticing this, and I know them well enough that, you know, I can maybe point out a pond over there they can go drink from. Like, hey, uh, blah, blah, blah. And they go, oh, thanks for pointing that out. And then you leave them, you know, or whatever it is. But sometimes the problems are more severe. A person says to you, I'm just trying to figure out how to do so-and-so yeah. and I don't know what to do. And you recommend a book and they read it and they come back a year later and they're like, my whole business changed. Thanks for recommending that book. Well, really the author of the book and them and themselves and applying themselves and accomplishing what they wanted to accomplish is how they got helped. But they thank you because you pointed the book out because to them, you, which is fine, that's, which is that's whatever. That's a cool thing to I do, I say good though. for you on doing that. You know, thanks for taking the advice seriously. Right. Our mutual friend, uh, Josh Levy, I think when he people we ask him for Josh. advice and then he gives that advice, if they do the opposite or don't do it, that can be frustrating because if you're going to spend time doing that and giving people that advice and they ask for that advice, like there's a flip. Right. They specifically are saying, give me advice. And you're saying, well, here's your advice. And then they go, I totally, I'm going to do I'm, it. That can be a problem. I, get, I think I got at least an A of some sort on, because Josh totally helps me with my business. And Josh okay. like will say, do these things. Yeah. And then we go do them. Yeah. <laughs> because yeah, if yeah. we don't, then, you, then, you do it. yeah, then it's, it's just wasting Josh's time, obviously. You're like the ideal but you client, have to, too. You have to do those things that the, the person that understands what you're supposed to be doing from that. Because I, as you know, I'm like creative mish girl. Woo, whooping yeah. around doing all my creative stuff. So I need like a grounding. Yeah. Right? And so you act like that to me. And so does Josh. Oh, like you. that sort of grounding that... They think a mish. <laughs> can we can we settle down for just a moment and let's listen? You know what I mean? It's like sure. it's like cause I but then again, you guys both understand that Mish needs to Yeah, I'm never trying to do her fix Mish her things. Or something. Because it's just part yeah. of Mish's world, but yeah. also just to ground me a little bit in the business sure. thing. You know, and, and it's so helpful because yeah. I get to grow my business, but then do all the other things that Mish feels the need to go out and try. Because I think you Josh know, I and I are equally lucky I to cannot, have you. I cannot, I cannot just do one thing. You know, to that point, um, like like on my personal life, my wife acts uh, for me as a really good feedback loop and a really good, I, for people who don't know yes. what a feedback loop is, um, when you're using it in this way, like you do something and you watch the result and the result comes back to you and you measure what that is and then use the information from that to do the same thing or do something different, right? Right, right, Hashtag gotcha. feedback loop. <laughs> Um, so my <laughs> wife acts like that for me on a personal side. I mean, sometimes, uh, and and some people who know me, like I bet Josh would say, I could see that. And I think Mish would say, what? So I'll say this statement because it, right? <laughs> sometimes I can be an asshole. And right, see so your reaction. But I won't know I'm being an you asshole. You haven't it's been just, one to me. Right, but I, I think it's, you know, like, like so, I'm, I'm surrounded by the, by, and I, not, not in the way that you might think, but like if my wife knows that I'm capable of, of a certain level of awesomeness and due to stresses and kids and this and that, if my tone of voice comes off a little bit, make wrongish. I got gotcha. you. And I don't even know I'm doing it. It's, I got you. It's like, just go over there, let's say to my son or something. And I could have said, right. go over there, buddy. And that little change, and she can act as a feedback loop where if, she, if it, not like every, she's not nagging me, it's not like every single time. But let's say there's been like a couple days of it. She might say, hey, I noticed blah, blah, blah with the kids. But don't you think that's an important part of marriage, very, right? Very, very. I mean, because really that's how accepting I'm with Dan, like Dan, Dan, I'll, Dan, so like important. Dan will do that. He'll be like, you seem a little off or you seem, you like, know, and I'm like, oh my on? gosh, I'm and totally stressed out. It. What the world am I doing? And the same with Dan. I'll be like, yeah. hey, did you notice over the past few days this has been going on? And he's, you know, and 
But I think that's important because you don't get mad at each other about it. It's helping the other person Some to understand. Some spouses do get mad at each other yeah. about don't it. Don't get mad. And I think well, that that's Well, it's also the way you say it. If somebody's like, blah, 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 yelling at you about yeah. it. But if it's more like, hey, I just noticed this and wanted to share that with right. you. So you can kind of, you know, course correct, if you will. Well, that's where like being really good friends plus being married can come into play. Because if I have a really good friend and the friend's like, wow, man, you're acting like a dick. Sorry for all the cussing, but I, you know, I can, I can go. Oh, I am I? I yeah. Because if I was trying to, then it's like you're damn right I was. Yeah, and here's you why know, if I I'm was. trying to be. Right, right, if right. I feel I'm justified, but like if I'm unaware that if for some reason, because so much of my attention is on something else, and I'm unaware that the way I'm coming off is not really how I intend. Exactly. Gosh, I really want someone to point that out to me. So on the personal side, my my wife is my best friend in that regard, and and points that out. And on the business side. I have my business partner, Chad, who right. does really well when I'll get a little bit too into a problem, so much to the point that it's like getting to my new show way past the point of returns on how to solve it and so on. And that business partner for me has been really crucial of how we've grown our business. And I think for someone who doesn't have a business partner, like right. yourself, you don't actually have a business partner, but you use, but I have this Jill. is what made me think yeah. of this. You have Jill and then you have like Josh right. and then you have these strategic partners. Um, right. And so they can be your feedback loop. But that being said, we got back onto business again because you started That's- asking me <laughs> questions about me personally and I managed to somehow steer away from it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's okay. Questions come. No, I'm kidding. You keep asking. No, it's not that I'm uncomfortable. No, no, no. Maybe no. just my natural disposition. It's just, it's just, well, it's just we talk about business a lot, yeah, probably. So, so more, you know. And, and I'm willing to talk about. We cannot talk stuff. about other things. No, I'm kidding. I'm just kidding. All right. We are going to, like take to take a, take a break, break and we will be right back. All right. Okay, we are back with Matt DeRyan. So it's question time. Okay. So you already told me your word for this year is purpose. Yes. Right? Oh, you were going to ask that. I was going to ask it, okay. but what if you had to pick a second word, what would it be? Change. Ooh. Yeah. I like it. It would be purpose and change. And you're not afraid of change. Because some people are afraid of change, but you so are not. No, I'm not. Um, you know, earlier in the podcast, you asked me about, like, have you always been this way? Have you always... And, and I have worked very hard on self-improvement, um, both in study as well as in my... Um, even my religious studies and practices and, and the theology and the applied religious philosophy that I apply to my life on improving myself. And even one pillar of that, you could call it, or one step of that is all around the subject of change. Okay. And not being afraid, not being shocked by, not, you know, there's these different levels of, of awareness a person can experience and, and that they can have and they can grow towards as they grow. And um, one of those is the subject of change. And so thankfully, I've, I'm not only okay with it, it doesn't upset me. And um, I've actually like practiced and, and studied the topic to, to be fine with it. And I think one can kind of, there are changes that happen that are, they seem out of your control. Yeah, right. And those can be so shocking. Right. To a person, you know, like someone dies, right. something changes, you're, you're young and your parents up and move, someone gets divorced, that kind of stuff. And those kinds of things can, um, can, can basically make later on changes in life that are much less severe seem much worse because they're kind of hung up earlier on. Right. You know, and so anyway, that that's, goes back to that applied religious philosophy. But, but figuring that kind of stuff out and being able to then, you know, go forward and look forward with change is really important. So I, I'd like big changes to happen this year. I'd, I'd really want a lot of expansion would be my third word, purpose, change, and expansion. Oh, so. you're so good. You thought of this. 
I did now. Purpose I was like, that change. just See, came out. It was, I was supposed to ask you that then. Yeah. That's always good. Okay. You've been to a lot of our TEDx events. Yeah, You're yeah. a TEDx fan. I, I really am. I really, you totally are. They make me think about things. Sometimes things I don't want to think about. Sometimes I really disagree with what the person is saying because too much opinion as fact will come out of a mouth. And I'm like, that's not a fact. That's an opinion. But they're stating it as a fact. And everything else is predicated. And sometimes I hear something and I'm like, oh, that's a, that's an incredible opinion. But it's also right. ch- causes me to challenge my own worldviews. And I think but it's very healthy. I'm glad you brought that up because part of it is we don't want you to feel comfortable the whole time. Right. And a lot of people right, don't right. get that. Like they get upset. They're like, I thought this, that, you know, I'm like, oh. yeah, you weren't supposed to feel comfortable oh. the whole time. That's part yeah. of yeah. the experience of of watching TED Talks. Is it supposed to make you feel a little you. uncomfortable? I would, yeah, my my friend, um, and I'm sure he didn't, uh, I never read this anywhere, but I think okay. he, he did. He read it somewhere and he said it to me once. And it was in one of those sessions where, I called it a session, but more like just a meeting where I offered him some advice and he read some stuff and over the next year his business really blew up and it was like such a cool thing to be a part of to to have helped him and nudged him along in that way. But my friend Joe Tebow, he, he sells insurance out of the insurance store in Chesterfield and he really hates networking. And this is a common topic because I know at Medici they're about to have a whole seminar around like hating networking, stuff like right, this. Right, right, right. But he said, um, he said, it's one of those things where I had to learn to be comfortable being uncomfortable. Yeah. And I and I think what you're talking about really fits into that. That be like be comfortable being uncomfortable. Right. And w- when you're watching TEDx, sometimes you're just totally enthused. Sometimes you're crying. Sometimes the the woman who uh, was it her daughter that she lost due to the shooting accident. Yeah. She's talking about all these things, and I'm listening to her. I'm listening to her, and she doesn't lead with that. And I'm just kind of I'm like, okay. That was Teresa Coble. Thank yeah. you. So Teresa Coble, and at the very end she loops in and she's like, boom, and she drops the bomb. And, and then everything else that she spoke about goes clickety, clackety, clickety. Everything is like tick, 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 tick. And it all kind of Amazing, fits in the right? place. And you you loop back and you think everything she talked about. And it was a great way for her to do it because it it didn't cause you to view it through that, right? She didn't, right. She didn't want you to feel the emotional empathy at the start. Right. She wanted you to have the knowledge and then get the emotional empathy to then compare it to. And I thought it was a really interesting way for her to do it. And I was like, I would almost call wow. that backdooring the message. Right. You know, because people have these these barriers they put up. Right. And she just kind of gave the information and then she came back and the person goes, <laughs> the barriers just dropped. Hello. Yeah. yeah no, she's, Especially if you've, that if you was an children. incredible, that yeah. was an incredible talk. So, so being a about, TEDx fan. Yeah. What about TEDx? It, what would you talk about? What would your title be? You have any sense of if you gave a TEDx talk? If I was talk? to do a TEDx yeah. talk? What, what, do you have any sense of what um, you'd want to... It would be um, why I shouldn't be here. <laughs> <laughs> that would actually be an awesome <laughs> TEDx talk. <laughs> well, I think the first thing... Oops, I bumped the mic. Sorry, man. The, That's hilarious. The, the first thing I think of is is like, what would be the really short um, title for like why I'm not qualified to give a TEDx talk <laughs> or why I shouldn't be here? Here's or, why I should not be um, on this stage right now. Or, Th- you know, oh, I th- love thankful it. the primary got sick. I'm his, his or her stand-in. <laughs> or, um, yeah, uh, lessons I, in right place actually at right probably, time by Matt Ryan. There's a talk in there. Why I shouldn't, there totally is. You know, from the perspective of why I shouldn't be here, I'll, I'll tell you, you know, when I moved to St. Louis, um, and the people, my kids find this crazy, you know, in 2005, I arrived in St. Louis the day before Thanksgiving. And that winter, and it was, there was a lot of snow that winter, and that winter and, and in January, um, and I had come from California. I mean, I had to buy a coat. Like, I didn't own a, I didn't own a coat. Um, <laughs> California, Southern California. So, so I, and, you know, I came to St. Louis, uh, this area, and, um, you know, I, I started from scratch. I was crashing on someone's couch, 
and I was waiting at a bus stop. I had no car, no job lined up, a few hundred dollars on someone's couch to sleep on. And within a week, I was able to get this like temporary job. I was a kid, you know, I was able to get a temporary job and I was really on my own. And I would stand outside for an hour at like, you know, 6 a.m. And I would, I mean, I say an hour, I guess that's inaccurate, 20 minutes or so, because there's like the window that the bus comes. And if you miss right. it, you'll be an hour late to work. So you've got to be there early to, so let's say 20 minutes standing out for the bus and then getting on a bus and taking a bus for an hour on a 15 minute drive oh, because gosh. the bus takes a long yep. way. So I'm riding a bus on public transportation and I'm going and working as I start trying to gather and I had to go get, everything was from scratch in that way. And that was in Illinois, right near Swick, like pretty far from here, an hour from here even, you know, let alone almost two hours from where I live now. And um, so the, when you think about like why I shouldn't be here or that kind of a right. thing, I'm, I have a lot of reasons why why I should be here too, Yeah, right, that I can think of. And I think it would be wrong to invalidate those reasons or to say that those reasons aren't true between hard work and, and um, being lucky enough to have study technology that allows me to basically pick up any subject and learn how to study it and think different things that I think are really benefits. We, you could even get on the on the train of the fact that I'm a white male who was born middle class in, in California. I mean, there's lots of reasons why I should be here, right? <laughs> then you have a few that are like, why I shouldn't be here. Bad mistakes I made, child of divorce, you know, the different things that would, right. that would fall in, but especially the mistakes I made. And then I kind of hit rock bottom. And then going from that to like the life I live now is has been um, has been an, an incredible thing of of uh, finding out how to grow and expand through really taking responsibility for and helping other people as much as I can. That's and everything awesome. I do. And I think that th- that does actually have a thread when you said there's something there. There's there, there is. is but, I felt it. That's yeah. awesome. So anyway, that would be my talk. Why I shouldn't be here. Why I shouldn't be here. People, yeah, would, yeah I, I like it. I just like the, I just like the title. I think yeah. the title is enough. People go, hmm, we'll have to my, figure my, this out. My talk would be um, uh, your... Uh, your bonus intermission by Matt to Ryan had come out. Okay, everyone. So this is kind of, I'm not even supposed so to be here. So if you, know, you want to just, just go get some food, bonus intermission. go get you a don't drink. Have to hang out. Now's your you know, time. Go network. But if, if you want to hang out, this is what I talk about. If you're going to catch a TEDx talk today, catch and you say the name speaker. <laughs> catch that one. This isn't the one. If you're going to leave during one of them, now's the time. This is, I'm if the one to leave. you had a call you had to make, now's the well, time to go do it. Well, whenever Steven and I are on stage, Ryan's like, you can leave when we're here. Yeah, when we're here, you it's can fine go. with us. Just yeah. but stay here when we've got this because we're filming and that speakers. kind of thing. Yeah, but, yeah. You know. All right. I have one more question for you. That went by fast. I we know, are already done. We could just talk. And I know. Talk. No, we're not done because you have another question. Okay. Ask me. If you had to have one thing for the zombie apocalypse, what would it be? Thing, not family. Family's there. The zombie apocalypse is on its way. <laughs> what is the one item you need to have with you? Does it have to be a realistic item, or can it be as unrealistic and as it, the zombie you can, apocalypse? You take this wherever you want to go. Um, my first thought went to um, a tank. Ooh, tank is good. You know, being literally being able to just roll over them, yeah, shoot them like an actual tank. It's impervious. Then I thought, well, well if we're going with a tank, you know, why limit it? Um, would a submarine be better? Ooh, or perhaps one of those really large, like those huge. Like the airplanes they literally use to drop tanks off. 
that Ooh. they land and the tanks roll out of. Because you could, you could have a wing within that thing that was just like your bedroom. That's a great and you idea. you could land and refuel and you'd have a lot of ammunition. So I, I'm thinking, you know, if I had a, you'd have to have some pilots. If it was just me, it would be the tank. If it was me and some other folks, you know, maybe someone who knew how to fly a plane <laughs> or knew how to operate a submarine, then, you know, I think that I like the plane better than the submarine idea. Yeah, but, I think you know, I like the plane idea. I, I think that that, that not just zombies plane, can't that, drown. I don't know if you know that. They, but can they swim very well? They can't swim either. Okay, right. according to my brother Chris, who told me this, that, that the, zombies Chris like cannot swim, but I guess they could like, I mean, I've, this is one of those questions I have. Like, can they sink and walk, but could they? The ocean's Even with a really the pressure, with the, yeah. I don't think they could. There'd be some I don't pressurization know. issues. That yeah, would have to there'd happen. be issues. They'd get, eventually, they'd get too far to where. And I, I think they would just the, sort of disintegrate. Yeah, you have something. to have that tank. Yeah. you know that pressurized tank. So, but also being in the air, like they can't but fly. Like, yeah. They're not going to be corded enough. No, to fly. No, they definitely can't so fly. So my my thoughts go to something that's that's mobile. What a ridiculous question. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> something that's mobile. That's the idea. Yeah. <laughs> it's supposed to yeah. like spur on new conversation. Uh, that, just because. What's the typical answer you get? Like Skittles. Oh, guns, I don't know. That's or... I've never asked that before. Oh, okay. Well, no, that's I always mine. ask different questions because I don't know. The things come up in my head that I think mm, I'll ask that. What would he take with him? I, I get my mind just went straight to the pragmatic answer. What would be well, the most pragmatic? You, you know, you just I like it's a good answer though. Thanks. I mean, you know, Mission I was thinking for stamp. sure toilet paper because I don't think people put enough value on having toilet paper with you at all times. But you know. <laughs> Being a guy, I think in the zombie apocalypse, I'd be okay with being pretty gross at times. Just I think in you're gonna have to be, because yeah. I just don't think showers or something people yeah. can get very like, out, easy. Then I'd be like, "What is this? This isn't Charmin Ultra. This go back to Costco, break in there, shoot the zombies again, and bring me the TP I like." Like I don't think you could really, you know, this don't is, be picky. This is Costco brand. Why don't you give me some sandpaper to wipe my butt? What are you doing? Like you can't really be in that situation. I love you know, it. So. Well, thank you, Matt. I've been wanting me. to have you I, on here for a long time. I really so appreciate thank it. I was flattered you. to be asked. I, I hope that somehow some aspect of this was useful for the people who it, listen. Of course thank it is. Thank you to everyone who, who got this far to actually listen. Thank you. Yeah. Well, thank you. And I'll see you around because we're going to have to go hang out very soon. Oh, yeah. Because that's what we do. All the time. All yeah. right. Well, thank you, Matt DeRyan. And for everyone out there, you have been listening to Mishmash Podcast. Go to iTunes, subscribe. Love you and see you later. <laughs>